Thanks for joining us on the RP Experience. I'm your host, Andrew Regenhardt, and today we have one of our amazing preferred partners, Kristen Taylor with Cross Country Mortgage, and one of our top producing agents, Denny Bowers with Compass. Welcome to have you guys on here. On that note, let's dive right in. So, Kristen, do you want to start out, give us a, a little introduction to who you are and then why you invited Denny on here? Sure. Uh, my name is Kristen Taylor, formerly Kristen Luckman. Uh, I'm originally from Illinois. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I uh, went to the University of Illinois where I got a bachelor's degree. And then I moved to downtown Chicago where I started in residential lending business. Um, built my business in Chicago and got very, very tired of taking my dog outside <laughs> In the snow. <laughs> so I started being a young snowbird and started coming back and forth um, to Naples uh, in 2015. So it would come for a week and then the week would become two weeks, two weeks would become two months and then started also doing business in Naples. Um, I eventually decided uh, to make a full-time move. Um, my husband and I now live here full-time, and he's my business partner at Cross Country. Um, we work together as a team to service our clients, um, both in the sand and in the snow. Well, uh, glad you could be on here with us and appreciate your support. You've actually been with Real Producers for a long time. You, you, she's been uh, up in Chicago, Real Producers, and uh, was able to switch down here um, when she made the move. So congratulations on that. So now you invited Denny Bowers um, with Compass here. So Denny, uh, if you don't mind, give us a little lowdown on who you are. I paid her. Yeah, <laughs> you slid, slid that 20 <laughs> underneath there, right? Um, so Denny Bowers, I moved actually from outside of Pittsburgh um, yeah. in the mountains and and I went to school at a school called Slippery Rock University in north of Pittsburgh and went undergrad. I interned down here in 2000. So Naples is a very different place in 2000. Went back to grad school and then they ended up hiring me out. So I studied exercise physiology. Um, doesn't look like it now as much as it did then. But uh, I worked at the wellness center for the hospital for three years full time. Ran some programs for them there. Taught some classes, different things of that nature. And then... In 2005, in the start of the craze, the first craze, um, one of my clients told me to get into real estate and sales, and um, that was basically the rest is history. So I've been in the industry since '05, but you know, grew up in the mountains and it's a very very small town, and then transitioned here to paradise. So. Yeah. Now, do you want to go back ever? <laughs> no, I like the visit. <laughs> yeah, I like the visit. I'm flying up in like three days, but it'll be good. Three nice. day, four day visit, and then come back. It's Quick a great trip. place to be from. They, yeah. I agree. I uh, I actually love Wisconsin, but uh, and it's hidden gem. It, like people that have never experienced Wisconsin, I think in the summer, uh, they should. It's a beautiful area, but I don't want to go back, especially in the winters, unless we're like going out and snowmobile and ice fishing, all that fun stuff. Yeah, but for a week. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and then you come back here to thaw out. <laughs> Uh, Kristen, let's talk about you and your success. Obviously you, you did build a biz, big business down there. Um, and as well as down here. So tell us a little bit, just like, a you know, get people up to speed and what a day in a life, uh, for Kristen is. Okay. Well, I guess every day looks a little bit different. Um, I will say that a lot of people find success in this industry, um, whether they're in, you know, real estate, mortgage, you know, insurance, appraisers, attorneys, um, maybe time blocking their day and having certain, you know, regimented um, parts of the day. And other people, you know, just kind of have to go with the flow. And mm -hmm. I think I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. So there are certain things that are non-negotiable for me every day. Um, I do try to get in a workout of some sort every single day. And I have to get it done in the morning. Otherwise, mm -hmm. it does not get done. So Agreed. maybe it's tennis. Um, I like 
uh, reformer Pilates a lot, yoga, pure bar, things of that nature. I have tried to learn how to golf and I think it is hopeless for me. (laughs) Um, so I'm sure my, my husband, you know, kind of like wants me to be out there having fun, but I am much, much better at just, you know, riding around the cart and hanging out with friends and having fun versus turning pro. I was going to say golf is, is a unique one. You either kind of have it or you don't. And, and even when you have it, it's just a constant struggle of trying to become better. Like you, it's just, yeah, every day is a struggle. Yeah, for sure. So I guess after I kind of like get my workout and get my day going, start with the coffees, which, you know, also non-negotiable for me. Um, you know, I sort of set up my team's day and then obviously, you know, I have certain appointments, things like where I need to be out there face to face. It was a struggle for me during COVID to not be meeting people face to face. I think it was really hard. That was a tough one. Um, Because it's like, you can't really plan an event. You can't have an event. And part of how I've built my business and um, gotten people to trust me and want to work with me is um, being able to see them Mm -hmm. and not just talk to them on the phone. So it's, you know, that kind of then the day spirals from there. And then, you know, it's just kind of like figuring out what, you know, I need to balance in terms of the internal process flow with my team and then the external um, appointments with clients and, and, you know, referral partners who I'm working with. Um, I want to dive into a kind of a little bit more technical question um, on this one um, with closing costs. It's always a, you know, someone that's not in the realm of real estate always has that question of like, what is the closing cost going to be? And obviously there's a lot of factors and there's a lot of information. Can you give us kind of a broad overview to listeners that might not fully still understand where those different um, factors come into play when it, when, when figuring a closing cost? Okay. Is this a question more for, I guess both, both both sides, like, you know, inside on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think in terms of, you know, I can, uh, speak more to the buyer closing so costs. If you want to go lender, buyer, lender. And then you do seller. Okay. Seller, yeah. yeah. So a buyer has to, um, you know, first of all, be aware of the lender that they're dealing with and that that lender understands the market where they're purchasing. So, for example, um, some lenders, they can only do loans in like one state. Other lenders can do loans in all states. Um, I choose to do loans in the states where, you know, I personally am licensed, where I understand the market and the closing costs so that I'm providing very transparent detail of, you know, what the breakdown is. So what a buyer can expect to pay, you know, at a just very high level is there's going to be lender fees um, for underwriting and processing of the loan. Um, Those are going to vary from one lender to the next. Those fees are also going to vary depending on what program a buyer right. is choosing, um, as well as all the variables, you know, that that impact that buyer, such as their credit score and their down payment and other, you know, maybe the interest rate um, that they're selecting comes with the rate buy down and things like that. So they're going to have points. Um, second thing is the third party cost. So um, vendors such as the appraiser, um, the home inspector, which is usually before you know, the closing, obviously, um, maybe if they have an attorney in an attorney state that they're um, having represent them. And then there's also fees to uh, the municipality. Mm-hmm. Um, so title company, um, county that they're purchasing in, there's going to be transfer stamps and things of that nature. Um, Florida in particular has a higher closing cost than Chicago, for example. So I have a lot of clients that are buying their you know, vacation home or their retirement home or rental properties, um, maybe in Florida, whereas previously they're used to the Illinois closing costs. 
and they're kind of having a little bit of a sticker shock because they're seeing, you know, especially in Collier County, the costs are higher. Mm -hmm. So I think it just really goes back to it's going to be different for every transaction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's things that we can dial in to kind of like provide a very good estimate up front so that people aren't surprised. Which is so critical. And, I, and correct me if I'm wrong from the outside looking and I'm not in that industry. It's not a one stop shop. You know, it's there's all this different things on the menu to choose from and it's all customizable and it's all dependent on, you know, X different factors. And that's the thing about it. It's like trying to say like, well, what down to the penny, what's that car, car worth? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of factors that right. go into it, yeah. right? There's so many. So um, I think people just assume they're like, oh, well, what's the closing cost going to be? It's probably just a standard, you know, this amount. It's like, no, there's there's a lot going on. So that's, that's great. Then you want to tell us a little bit? No, so I think it's, um, you know, touching on that too. And that's one of the things in our on our side is making sure that a buyer is, the buyers just see a sales price, mm -hmm. period. They don't even, and especially a first-time buyer, or newer to it, or haven't done it in forever, mm -hmm. then that changes. So you, you you need an additional monies to to pay the closing costs mm -hmm. to come in. So I mean, the one set thing in the state of Florida is you know on a seller side, if you're paying doc stamps, it's seventy cents for every hundred dollars the contract. So that's that's a standard, no matter what. So people can do that math pretty easily. Um, and then most I'll, people can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, we, get, ask, we got our phones for the calculator, yeah, right? Ask Siri, she'll figure it out. But uh, <laughs> so that's that's the one standard. And then, as Kristen said, it's if you use a title company versus an attorney, you're gonna have a slight fluctuation on that. Um, just you know, could be a hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, something like that. But um, and then standard is six percent in commissions, mm -hmm. and that's split, and that just depends on the agent you're using, and and if there's credits or not credits or or whatnot. So. On a general rule of thumb, I tell people they're selling a house. If you estimate seven percent off, mm -hmm. that does not include if there's HOAs that are due or yep, uh, um, taxes and things like. So, your know, proration of taxes, if you get down to the penny of the penny, then you know, we're, we're in a rear state, meaning that the, the taxes come at the end of the year. So, if you sell something and it closes October fifteenth. You calculate the days back to January 1st and you're responsible to credit the buyer as a seller that amount of money. So that's a that's a higher fee later on in the year. So mm -hmm. just just simple things like that. Um, and then, you know, Kristen definitely touched on it on a buyer side. So credit score, um, you know, if they're if they are prepaying, you can prepay to buy down an interest rate or um, so that'll make your costs higher, but it makes your interest rate lower. And um, I mean. There's a bunch of different factors. There's, so. Yeah, there's a lot. And I think really the main thing that I've always done since the very beginning, you know, when I was first working, you know, with new buyers is like being the person that overestimates on the closing costs from the beginning so that when somebody's actually seeing their final numbers, they're like, oh, my God, you just put money back in my pocket. Yeah. And then they really, really feel very comfortable. So it's always much better um, with some of these things. You know, we use some technology and some software that gives us, you know, like prices and things to input for the, mm -hmm. the closing costs and the initial loan estimates and things like that. But I think it's really important. Um, something that, you know, in terms of seller closing costs that we need to know as a lender a lot of times is, hey, does that seller really know like what their net proceeds are going to be when they sell because they're probably buying something else. And a lot of times people really kind of, maybe they, uh, maybe they overestimate 
what they're taking see, away from a I sale. I see overestimate more than underestimate um, all the time. And so the, they're like, I'm rich. And you're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. <laughs> so when, when we're qualifying someone, they might say, oh, you know, we think we're netting, you know, like say it's, a, you know, $100,000 and then we're putting down $100,000. So it's like, okay, but what about, are you really netting a hundred or is it a hundred minus your realtor commissions and your seller closing costs? And then, oh, let's remember your buyer closing costs. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we really have to, you know, dial it in and, and make sure that we're just communicating up front. Hey, don't forget, you're going to have fees on both sides of the transaction. Yeah. Maybe let's look at um, these numbers, you know, in a little more detail so that you don't have a nasty surprise in the middle of the new purchase contract. And I think too, you hit the nail on the head that most business owners should probably do is uh, under promise and over deliver, right? Like that's, that's people are getting too, uh, too, I don't know, optimistic, I guess, and promising way more, right? I mean, you probably right. deal this a lot, right? When you get a call, someone that calls you and it's like, Hey, I'm, I want to buy tomorrow. And you're like, okay, well, let me, uh, let me set you straight here. Yeah. It's a little interesting market X, Y, and Z. And they're and like, it's cool. the sale and buy side is where I'm really seeing the, the, and, and everything plays a part of this is, but you know, people that, oh, well, I have X amount of equity in my house right now. And they never look at closing costs mm-hmm. with that as a seller. And then going to buy something and right. just trying to juggle through that. So, and and I think that's where I mean, now everybody starts somewhere. So, you know, Kristen started with no experience. I started with no experience in real estate, but and we got to where we are today. But when you have a market like we're in now, which we're, I know we're going to touch on, but you the newbies that come in, it's such a different market. And it, as a consumer. It's just where you have to cross your T's and dot your I's before you hire anybody because mm-hmm. there's so many people that are just hungry for a paycheck. Oh my god. And they have no clue what the actual ins and outs of, mm-hmm. of everything are, all these different things. So I mean, just on closing cost example, what do we you know, there's twenty five moving parts that we already discussed and there's more than that. Yeah. But like it's just uh And we just did high level. High you level, know, we just yeah. touched the surface. Yeah. So it's interesting and I think that's the biggest thing as a consumer is just knowing who you're working with and being able to, to fully trust and, and be informed prior to making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I think it's kind of, um, also, um, I don't know if you guys ever see like where people post a photo of maybe it's like them or selfie or them and their family or, and it's like the Instagram versus reality. Oh yeah. Right. And, um, you know, you see maybe, maybe it's like me on a photo where I have no makeup on and I've just like gotten <laughs> done playing tennis yeah. and it's 90 degrees out. And then it's like, oh, but on Instagram, like I have a full face of makeup and I'm like wearing like a cute little outfit. So I think um, social media can really steer people sometimes in the wrong direction because there's a lot of like people that make things seem a lot more attractive than they might appear in terms of like a real estate agent who maybe they look really nice and they look really cute, but they don't, you know, they're not like doing the things that Denny is doing behind the scenes to make sure that the numbers are correct and the seller is really, you know, right. comfortable and protected and, it all and comes things from like experience. that. I mean, it's just yeah. putting in the work. I mean, Denny looks sure. really good though. So look, you know, he's average. got both sides, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, but I think it is, it's a, you know, we all learned and there's still things to this day that are new. It's a new experience for me after 15 years, but 
So that that's why I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we we started really diving into mortgages, and it was it was I didn't want to interrupt the conversation, but we got to tell the listeners who you are, right? I mean, obviously you gave us the backstory, but he's a, a top producing agent at Compass, and so give us a little update on your real estate career, um, how long you've been in it, what where you're currently sitting. I mean, and he's you got an amazing team with you, so let's get us get the listeners up yeah. to speed here. So I um I started when I said earlier started in 05. I sold on site sales. Uh, for a builder, production builder. Mm-hmm. They went out of business. I got into construction. I ran, uh, did some sales and project management for two different luxury builders in town. And it's really what kind of built the base for me to get back into general real estate. Mm-hmm. And I did both construction, and this is very high level, but very, um, I did both construction and real estate in 2012 through 15. And at the end of 2015, I switched just to, two th- uh, to to general real estate yeah. in 2016. So, and at that time, it was just me. Um, I know you've had Rob Maselli on before and Tony Gretsch, so mm-hmm. two really good buddies still. And we were all together at McQuaid, and we just kind of, we worked together collectively. Um, and in 2018, I made the switch to Compass. And uh, Compass was, uh, I saw a, a bigger picture of, uh, of a national firm and I know that you you know Compass is big in Chicago too so Kristen has a lot of connections with Compass there in Chicago so I saw more on a um, on a referral basis on a I could help friends in other areas right. with setting up with somebody that's successful knows what they're doing all these things that we mm-hmm. talked about already and since I joined Compass they really f- pushed me into forming a team and it was a definite learning curve because I you know Rob and Tony and I worked together co- and collaborated together but it wasn't like a you know, a team with people underneath you it was all right. kind of, we were all more partners than we were a team. So, uh, now throwing the ball sideways kind of thing, like here, it. you grab that one or you, you know, yes. whatever. Yeah. Now it's like a, you know, then it's then becoming more of the principal agent and having people on here. So it's been a learning curve, but I f- feel that we've got a really good, um, system in place now. So, you know, we went from 20 million a year in sales to this year where we're under contract or sold, um, 95 million. And, wow. and we just acquired a team from Sotheby's that I worked with before and, um, Pam Marr and Molly Begore and they're, and they have two others that came on board under me and they bring 50 million. So collectively we're about 150 million for 2021. That's so, amazing. um, which is a, a crazy jump, but it's been, um, it's been a fun ride and it's, you know, it's navigating this market, but, um, that's where we are today. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you put the the reader or the listeners into uh, context? What was the standard offer that most people would come in um, prior to such this? So 18, 18 months ago, if we go back to start of 2020, so end of 20, 2019, start of 2020, my standard rule of thumb was that if it's been on the market longer than two weeks, it'll be five to six percent off of asking. That's standard. So you'd probably get somebody that offer you 8% off of asking. You'd negotiate to five or six. Mm-hmm. Pretty standard across the board. Cool. You got the house. Congratulations. Let's move forward. That's it. Right? Now, if it's on the market two weeks, you're basically paying full <laughs> price right. um, and, or maybe a percent under if, yeah. it's, if it makes it two weeks. But you know, if it's on the market less than a week, you got to be 
I mean, I mean you just said four percent over, over, right? And you're saying prior, you know, you might end at six percent lower. You know, when you put in perspective what the price of these homes are, that ten percent change, that's a massive change, crazy change. You know, that's we're talking on a million dollars. You know, a hundred thousand dollars, right? I'm no mathematician. Yeah, sure I'm doing 10%. that right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you know what? Two million, which is not unheard of here in Naples, $200,000. That's a lot of money to be to be a difference, right? And then and you factor in when you bring in a mortgage aspect of it mm-hmm. and jumbo loans and things of that. Mm-hmm. So like with the appreciation that have ha- has happened, then, and that's where you have to look at, because you get into a jumbo loan and then what's typically that? That's a percent and some change higher from... For the rates? For the rates, um, ish, roughly. Well, like, um, not with me necessarily, and I can't really get into talking, you know, about right. rates specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, what's really like the the main, I guess, difference with the jumbo right now is the underwriting requirements have gotten a lot more strict, and especially oh. with self-employed borrowers. So you have a lot of buyers out there that maybe they definitely think they qualify for that jumbo loan but maybe their income changed because of the pandemic and they had a temporary decline and we have to explain around all of that so there's just a lot more challenges for, and it's 548 right yeah it's 548 251 so, and above for a jumbo so where we're at um you know like everything's so a jumbo it's exactly it, so that's that's the challenge because then you get into all those aspects that she said is and so then again, that's the creativity. That's the navigation part of. So then at like a 700, you're like, all right, can you put the cash down so that you can so come in at a, under a 20% would be, yeah. you know, 140. Yep. But that gets you to 560. So you actually have to bring. <sighs> yeah. So you got to bring more. Yeah. Is what you'd have to bring. To, yep. to, so again, and that, that those are nuances that you deal with every day and as with an appreciating market and low inventory. All right. You guys, obviously we've been diving in a lot about, uh, work. There's gotta be some, something that you guys have a passion for a hobby that is outside of work, family man, right? Obviously you're, you're running around probably super busy. Let's, let's touch on both of you guys and just what you like to do outside of work. Um, so I'll, I'll jump in. So I married my wife and I have been married, um, November 16 years. So mm-hmm. met her down here. We have a 13-year-old, 11-year-old daughters, so sixth and eighth grade. And, um, I mean, we we travel a decent amount, so we take a number of trips every year. Um, mm-hmm. s- most as families, Erica and I try to do one trip a year just to make sure that, you know, we still love each other. We tell our kids, like, we, we existed before you guys did, so we got <laughs> this, is, this is something we do. Right. And um, so we went to Aspen last week for, you know, a week and was awesome yeah. uh, without the kids. But... Um, so we travel, we, and how Kristen and I met was, um, at Quail Creek. So we're members at Quail Creek country club. So she lives in there and we, we belong in there. And, um, so golf, um, enjoying, uh, family time there. So we'll try to go out and, and play nine holes or six mm-hmm. holes or whatever it is with the kids and, um, boating and just outside what, what, why everybody's moving to Naples. Right. But I it's mean, beautiful. we love to travel and then. Uh, golf and boating and beach and this would probably be the biggest biggest aspects of it in um in our world well i'm gonna throw my plug in there that i like to golf so let's 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 get out there sometime we can do that i love it what about yourself um you know a lot of similar stuff um you know quill creek obviously has been a community where we've been spending a lot of time like whether that's you know tennis fitness golf me riding in the cart kirk 
being or the even, golfer. Or even drinking at the bar. Um, <laughs> yeah. Having a few cocktails at the bar. Um, we like to go up there, you know, as a family. Um, uh, Kirk and I actually got married in, uh, what year was that? 2020. So yeah, last year, right? Got scheduled, got scheduled and then rescheduled and then rescheduled again. Um, so we got married in November of 2020 at La Playa. It was oh, nice. um, when, when the unexpected tropical storm was rolling into town oh, as gosh. I was getting my makeup done. So that was interesting. And then Kirk has a daughter, Clara. Um, she's in third grade. And so a lot of times, you know, Thursday nights, we like to go up as a family, have, you know, dinner mm-hmm. up at the clubhouse. So it's, it's very fun to be in a community where, um, there's a lot of really, really great, yeah. you know, people and it's who cool are there too. Members. And it's a plug. This is like a Quail Creek uh, informational or something, but, um, there's a ton of young members there. So yeah. they yes. did a really y- young membership drive, associate membership drive years ago. And a lot of people similar to us with kids and, and, um, so, there's nights that that there's it's all you know sixty percent families and in Na- cool. in Naples you don't see that a no. whole lot so and the kids you know after they eat they'll go out and they'll play on the bocce courts so they'll you know run around and it's a it's a pretty cool place it's, yeah it's, it's been not cool. a bunch of wheelchairs <laughs> so there's a bunch there so. <laughs> um, I mean that's Naples yeah. we're not gotta get yeah around I mean um, but no they have you know big Halloween party and. Um, holiday events and things that are family friendly, which is nice because, you know, when you're like rolling up in your golf cart and everybody is like twice your age and there's no other kids around, then like who are your kids going to play with and, you know, enjoy themselves with. They have like a lot of camps and other programs and stuff like that. Um, Additionally, um, you know, we do go to Chicago, um, not as much, I guess, within the last 18 months. Um, But my uh, mom lives up there. My brother's up there. I have two nieces and then a newborn nephew. So wow. my family's still there. Um, and then my cousins have recently bought a place, um, like within the last five years on Marco Island. So sometimes we'll go down there, do swimming, mm-hmm. do beach day, jet skiing, boating, just, you know, being outside, being active and yep. making the most of, of this. And then, I mean, I'm, I am tied to my phone though. So I mean, <laughs> it's 24 seven. It's kind of like, um, I get in trouble with that. So. Oh, all the time. I'm just but, like, yeah, finding the balance and you know, and the thing is, the beauty of all of our businesses is that you know we have unlimited vacation, right? But it's not actually vacation because even when we're gone, we're all somehow you know still checking emails and working, right? Because we're all on dates, you yep. know. We're not, we're not uh, when it's when we have that time off that it just will pick up when we get back. Like it doesn't happen that way. So it's an interesting one. Um, well, I am going to end it here with the speed round because we're running out of time. All right. All right. So this is a fun little section that we do our segment at the end. Um, and it is our speed round. So, all right. It's going to be a round of just, would you rather questions listeners, um, and audience here? No, they do not know what we're asking them. Um, so we won't, we'll, we'll be putting them in on the spot here. Um, first one is very appealing to, uh, both of you guys. And I think I already know the answer, but would you rather be cold, uh, and sunny or hot and rainy, hot and rainy, hot and rainy. Cool. Yep. I, I figured you guys would say that. Um, now I will say I lived in Washington state for a second and that was a lot of rain. Well, that's like all rain. <laughs> now it was cloudy though, but I was just like, uh, and it wasn't that that wasn't that hot, but man, the, after that much rain, I was like, "All well, right, it's I don't different wanna... here because we both, I think, answer in the fact that we know if it's cloudy and rain, and in about three hours, it's going to be sunny. Yeah, if so. that, it's usually <laughs> it's, like it's super temporary. Yeah, it's so. usually like fifteen minutes of just downpour, yep. 
And you're like, oh, okay. And now Rain- it's sunny. Rainbow and sunny and we're good. Yep, exactly. All right. Would you rather have every detail of your love life made pu- public or have every detail of your finances made public? I'd say love life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd ever want any. I mean, we're all humans, there's right? There's not much to hide, but right? I'd say love life. Yeah. Because it's all pretty much out there. Anyway. <laughs> we are who we are. So. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I'd say love life. Yeah. Finance is like, it's like no one, no one, no one needs to know any of that. Like, yeah. And I feel like in this world, that's kind of like one of those three things I don't like to talk about and yeah. with other people too. I don't like to ask people. It is what it is. You do with it what you want and go from there. Would you rather have a personal chef or a personal trainer? Chef. Of course. Cause you are a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> chef. A chef. Mm-hmm. I think everybody could really, I w- can I have both though? <laughs> like you got one right here. But I'm <laughs> telling you, if you, it's what we put in our mouths is more important than the workout. 80, 20, right? Yeah. All right, this is a, would you rather communicate only in emojis or never be able to text at all ever again? Never text. (laughs) Do you hate emojis? emojis? (laughs) I think emojis can be funny and then I just get so sick of them. All all right, last one. Would you rather be uh, invisible or be able to fly? Fly. Invisible. Hmm, Interesting. Why fly? Uh, Because I... I would assume I can fly fast and I can get to places quicker. Probably. That's why. Okay. And invisible? I think so that I could get information and like listen to things that would help me in some way and help me develop my knowledge base about things that would maybe give me some sort of advantage. I think I'd kind of do invisible too, but that's also because I was aviation prior. So I kind of, I do fly, but just a more of a requirement than me jumping up and and going, right? All right, everyone, we are running out of time, but it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, I want to thank you both. Yes, it's it's been such a good time. So as always, Southwest Florida Real Producers is extremely thrilled to have you all on here and we're pumped to bring real producers on air. So stay tuned for the next episode. We'll see you guys later.